Welcome to Pixelated Realms, your guide through the digital landscape, untangling the mysteries of your favorite titles and discussing the latest and greatest in video game fun. I'm your host, Alex Salerno, and alongside me is my brother, Tyler, and my good friend, Dustin. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey. what's up? So today we're going to be talking about our Game of the Year nominations, what we think is actually has a chance, and then also a little bit about some of the more controversial awards that were were announced. But first, let's do some housekeeping. So today, it's exciting to say that we are no longer doing an every other week cadence. We're going to do a once a week cadence. We're going to give this a shot for a while. So you now get your episodes every week. Um, there are likely to be a few skips so we will announce those the episode before for instance next week is thanksgiving so we are probably going to skip next week so not a great start for having just doing a weekly podcast to be like hey we're actually not doing it next week but that's just how it is um we'll probably also likely skip over the december holidays time period but we will tell you more about that then let me see what else more important holiday next week, though, is uh, Alex's daughter's first birthday. Yeah. So, yeah. Heck yeah. Actually, Monday. Yeah, yep. tomorrow. So by the tomorrow, time this right? episode tomorrow. posts, oh, it, will, right. yeah. it will already have it will already have happened. So, um, yeah, we record on Sundays and then we post on Tuesdays. So Monday is her birthday. And we went to Build-A-Bear yesterday and she got to build her first bear. Oh. So very, very big day. You birthday know? week, full, full week of celebration. <laughs> I know. I was telling Emily, like, we're going... Like it's kind of hard for her first birthday. We're going to the zoo. We went build a bear, you know, for a one year old. And she got we got all these like little party favors and stuff. And I was like, we're gonna have to keep this up because like you're setting yeah. the bar. Yeah, and, and she's only one. <laughs> when she gets to sixteen, what's it gonna look like? Yeah, Dad, for my first birthday, you did more than this. <laughs> no, uh, very Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was thirty five presents. Yeah, <laughs> so like. Yenny and my mom care way more about, like, impressing a little bit with the birthday. Like, I'm just like, let's just have little Caesars and have people at the house. <laughs> like, no one yeah. cares. You know, like, no, we got to go rent this thing out. I'm going to do this. We don't want people to leave and be like, that birthday sucked. I'm like, <laughs> these three. No one cares. What are the expectations? <laughs> they get exactly. What do you do when they get 16, you know? It's like, rented out like Top Golf. For my kid's sixteen year old. Oh birthday. my gosh. You know, not really. I would never do <laughs> I was that. Like, that, would, that sounds you know, like a like, dope you're just up, though, you know, by the time you get there, it's like, right. what do you gotta do? It's gonna be like a quinceanera every year. Like you yeah. have to rent out like a like a event hall. <laughs> you're just gonna be like, We bought everybody tickets to F one in Las Vegas and that's what we do on her birthday. <laughs> They'd they be very all disappointed. Left disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I came home with a uh manual cover though. <laughs> 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 it destroyed Leclerc's car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm sure they're pissed. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, it's... well, uh, so um, you brought up a good point earlier. I I wanted to talk about this. So we talked about Destiny last time. You has we have some new updates about Bungie and the Game Awards. Dustin, you want to take us off with that? Yeah, we were just talking about um, you know the on the Game Awards theme how the company was nominated for best community support, even though it just laid off its community team. So it's been causing a lot of talk in the community over the past couple of weeks. Um, some of the former develop, uh, community team members, people I'm actually really good friends with, have spoken out about it and 
you know, it's uh, it's tricky. It's a it's a difficult situation. You know, I guess I'll give my opinion on this first. You know, I think we all have to remember that the game awards are something that's voted on before. You know, they're announced. Mm-hmm. So something that happened a week or two prior is you know not possible to really change it. And frankly, it'd be unethical for the game awards to sit there and be like, hey, these guys have the vote. But something bad happened last week, so now we're going to pull them out of yeah. consideration, right? If they have the votes, they should they should get their nomination. And uh, you know, again, awards are a, are a look back at the previous year, you know. And Destiny Bungie has historically had a great community team that has allowed their community ma- community managers to really be empowered to be mm-hmm. a true outlet for people to reach out to them, whether it's bugs, uh, something going on with their character, um, getting updates, talking about this week at Bungie that they do every week, you know? So I think like historically, again, Bungie was doing a fantastic job of keeping the community in the loop informed. And and that's what we all want. We want to feel that transparency. We want to feel heard. And um, I'm curious to see how they're able to maintain that moving forward with a much smaller team. you know, and it's not to say I don't feel terrible for people I know and everybody who was affected by the layoffs, but you know, in this instance itself, I think those are just things we have to consider. That you know, do they do they deserve community's award for what they've been able to yeah. do this past year? I, I think they're worthy nominee. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a bad look for Bungie, right? So it's 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 like they just laid off an award-winning team now. <laughs> You know, that's about to get all this press and about because honestly, they had one of the, if not the best community management team in the in the business. Um, I mean, dealing with the Destiny, you know, players is not an easy task. Destiny players are one of dealing with you. you Yeah, literally (laughs) like like, you know, Dirty F and Hippie and DMG 04, like posting constantly trying to keep the people at bay. Um, I mean, I would, I followed them and I would listen to them and they were really good about handling people and, um, being honest, being honest with the people and keeping, you know, the, the toxic players at bay and not taking any shit, but not also being, um, you know, not getting tilted, basically not triggered or anything like that. Like they were very good at their job. And, you know, it's kind of funny that destiny has this reputation for its players, its most dedicated players hating the game. And so, like, it can't be an easy job. And so I totally understand them getting an award for this. And they totally deserve it. And I I think they probably win, to be honest. And which will be hilarious because they don't work there anymore. So it's really just this bad look on Bungie because they're going to go. They're going to accept this award. Um, It's probably not going to be a stage award. It's probably going to be one of those ones that they show up. But, like, they're still going to get this award. And then Bungie's got to sit there and, like, eat it. You know, be like, we just fired those people. Wow. I wonder if Jeff knows who wins before he opens the envelope. I feel like he might. I, I ask because I'd be curious to know if they know Bungie's going to win and they decide to make it an offstage award because mm-hmm. it's Bungie winning. But if it's a different team, they, they work it into the actual program where they come out on stage. Yeah. So I might know the answer to that question, having worked in the awards film industry a lot. Um so generally, yes, they do know who is going to win, but it can vary. Obviously, like like with the 
um, Oscars a couple of years back when they announced the wrong Best Picture winner. Like, so it's not a perfect system. It's actually a very hectic system, but um, for the most part, yeah, they do they do know who's going to win beforehand. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I assume Jeff probably knows because he's like runs yeah. the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, a, a guest, you know, who's up on stage announcing a winner probably yeah. don't know until the envelopes open. It yeah. helps with the production end of thing too. Uh, yeah. End of things too, because if where to I exactly if i don't know where you know uh, robert de niro is and he's about to win the award i can't just like pop, pop a light on or put the camera position there unless mm-hmm. we know ahead of time yeah 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 that makes sense i mean that's a that's 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 a tough call and i wonder if historically that's been an offstage award or not and like if they're if they're going to announce it or if they're just going to show it as one of those little pop-ups on the screen that they do well is I there would... a live audience for the game awards there yeah. is usually okay. Yeah. Uh, from a PR perspective, I'm curious too because, like, in my head, I'm like, what was the worst case versus best case scenario for coverage around layoffs? Right? Do you do it beforehand, and then mm. you get nominated? You know, which they probably didn't know was going to happen. Uh, but you do it beforehand, you get nominated, and it's just that one wave. You know, now you've got like a uh, bad coverage. Two, I guess, if you consider the layoffs itself, and then the nominee. Mm-hmm. If they win, that's a third bad wave of coverage is against right back in the news like this award-winning team now is laid off so you set yourself up for some negativity there where if you just would have waited a month and then done it after if they don't win it's just the one you know round but even yeah. if they do win it's still just the one round of layoffs like oh wow you now you laid off a winning team so i think you get damage reduction if they would have done it after the game awards but again you know, this isn't a a decision that's made off whether you're going to win an award or not. No, you know, it's a decision that's based off monetary reason, well, I assume. And and the the financial quarters, right? So the quarter, depending on how they do it, ends in December. So if they did it, or it, it depending on if they do fiscal year or not, right? So um, they probably had to do it before the end of December, which means that they they couldn't actually lay off people after the game awards. Yeah, plus if you start laying people off, not that it doesn't happen, but if you start laying people off in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like it's a really bad yeah. look. Like yeah. even worse than like just laying people off in general. Now you're going to hit people the way off like two weeks before Christmas or the holidays, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. It's even worse look. Um, so, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, layoffs suck no matter what. There's yeah, nothing. Exactly. There's and no way to spin a that. There's amazing people over there who are still there, um, you know, that I've worked with. and. Uh, you know, I don't think any company ever wants to do layoffs if it was, you know, up to them or up to every company. I think it'd be like, oh, cool, like, let's just keep everybody. But yeah, um, I think we talked, did we talk about this last week? But just I think people have to realize that games took off during COVID and they're coming back down to pre-COVID levels in terms of interest. And during that boom, people scaled, scaled their companies. And now we're seeing a correction. It's actually a really great games industry this article about this exact topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, and we're just seeing kind of a little bit of a correction. It's like games are doing great, but they don't need as much staff as they hired on. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing in in just business. And I would, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get political or anything here, you know, or I, I don't know, however you say it, but like, you know, it, it's shitty. It, it, in my opinion, is a little bit of mismanagement, not management, but it's lack of foresight i guess you could say and it's just really unfortunate that the people who make those decisions aren't the ones that get the consequences and it's just 
the way life is though at this point. There's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Which, which sucks. Mean, any CEO should have been able to sit there and been like, "Yeah, we're seeing this boom during COVID because people are at home. It's probably not going to last uh, mm-hmm. afterwards." And so let's not go crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or let's like start thinking now of how we can make changes to be able to keep the staff that we're hiring on long term. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of companies trying to pull a fast one, what do you think about this whole Dave the Diver award at, uh, being nominated as an indie game? So have Good you been following Tyler. this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm interested. Oh, we lost you. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's very it's quite an interesting you know controversy. Um, I think you know aesthetically, I'd agree that Dave the Diver does have that kind of like indie game feel, right? So like I kind of see where they're going with it, and I understand that this kind of like you could get into this philosophical debate about like what is an in- is an indie game the developer who made it, or is an indie game this style that's now kind of developed. Uh, over the years and you know I, it's hard because it's like you could you could you know be i could be the devil's advocate and say well if it's not going to if that's not an indie game then what do we compare dave the diver to you know do we mm-hmm. just have you just have to like get best game of the year or like you know what kind of how's that go but on the other end like to me like games like stardew valley right where it was just like a one-man team um and you know I think they're genuinely we should hold some, you know, a special place of honor for these people who are dedicating their lives to creating these games, you know, so uh mm-hmm. with via small teams, you know, usually working other jobs. So, I don't know. I think I I tend to lean towards like, yeah, it's probably not an indie game. Um but uh it's certainly an interesting question uh <laughs> to to talk about whether indie is a a type of game or whether it is, you know, the developers who made it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 so like, if, I mean, if you break down the word, obviously, I mean, independent indie developer, independent of a publisher means they don't have like the money to, to market their game and to, um, you know, do all the other, you know, aspects of the game, like break it out and they have a smaller team. They have all these things. Um, but they're using it as like an aesthetic, like you were saying, and almost like a genre. And I mean, I don't think that, I mean, that is tough, but you brought up like, oh, well, where would Dave the Diver go? Right. And they have, you know, best action game, best side scroller, best this, best that, best whatever, best something. So like it has plenty of opportunities to fill, to be in other places that isn't like game of the year or, you know, best, I I don't even, I don't even know, but like, you know, the big ones. Yeah. So. I don't necessarily think indie okay. is the place for it to live, right? I think it could be. I don't. I forgot what type of game it is. I haven't played it myself, but like best strategy game or whatever. It's um, like it's like you know, it's like, like, it's like similar to like Overtale. Like mm-hmm. it's like hmm, that's not even doing it justice. Like it's just a, Let me look it up. Well, I, I'm looking up right now because I wanted to see genre the studio that created it. Role playing um, game simulation. Well, it's by Mint Rocket, but it right. or, but, but it, that's it, Nexon. Nexon is Nexon, the publisher, sorry. and they're a huge company. They're not so, small. 
Nexon has come up before on our our show because they made this game called Warhaven recently, but they're also the creators of Maple Story. And Massive. obviously we you know paying to win and just making games, you know, for for the money. So that's interesting. I mean, I wish I could understand like this how Mint Rocket and Nexon are intermingled. Like, are they just getting a loan from them to make this game? I don't know. It just it seems like that yeah, requires further it, exploration. It is tough. And looking it up very briefly, it looks like within Mint Rocket, this game was made by a relatively small team of people. So it kind of comes down to like, okay, well, is it the money that matters? Is it the number yeah. of people that matters? Is it being backed by somebody that matters? Like, you know, like Meat Boy, for instance, was two guys no, yeah. and nobody. And like, eventually, obviously, these companies will get will go to publishers and stuff like that and to publish the game, to get it onto the stores, to do all these things. But they generally don't get like those kind of level stuff. Don't get, they're not like pre-funded, for instance, by these guys. They make the game first and then they pitch it. This it's also was... like uh, scenarios where if like you're working for a bigger publisher, they might say like, "Hey, create this game," and you have like two or three years to make it. And that's their full time yeah. job. A lot yeah. of these other indies, you know, especially small teams like Valheim, five people. Yeah, you know, like I guarantee those people had full time jobs and were making Valheim on the side. I don't know for sure. I've never talked to the guys. I'm going to assume that wasn't their full time job. You know, they mm-hmm. were making this game. Um, so also something else to consider, like like the example uh, Greg Miller gave, kind of funny. You know, if you seen a small team of ten people at Naughty Dog create this game, would you right. be comfortable seeing Dave the Diver, Naughty Dog, up there? You know, as an indie, because it was a smaller team with the Naughty Dog, which is a monster, which is then owned by PlayStation. You know, yeah. You know, so like, it, it is definitely hard for me. I agree with Greg's take. I don't think indie is necessarily an aesthetic. I think it is like independent studio at its core. That's what it has been historically. Yeah. I think that's what it should continue to be. It gives these teams that are small, less funded, don't have that like security and backing of like a mm-hmm. PlayStation or a EA, something like that to go out there and make a passion project that turns out to be fantastic. And that's this is their opportunity to be recognized for that. If we start bloating indie into an aesthetic, then it's going to eventually just push these smaller studios that just don't have the resources and tools to create on par with a Naughty Dog or an EA or a Nexon. Like, and we're just going to end up with now aesthetically uh, indie aesthetic, and you know. And then I think that begs the question, though, like, where's the line? Like, what draw? Because, for example, so moving on to another uh, nominee for that same category, Sea of Stars. And this is a game I actually recently picked up. It's a uh, turn-based, chrono-trigger-like, you know, JRPG-style game. It's from a uh, Canadian uh, dev indie dev team in Quebec um, called uh, Savatage Studios. And uh, the game is amazing. I mean, like, everything from top to finish. The combat's fun. It has, like, a a Mario RPG system kind of, or Paper Mario thing, where, like, you can defend your attacks, even though it's a turn-based, and you can enhance your attacks if you Mm -hmm. time, you know, the parrying correctly. I'm just, I just took a quick look on their website, and they're a uh, 24-man team in Quebec, uh, Mm -hmm. and that's a indie studio. They also did the game The Messenger, you guys might have seen that. Oh yeah, I love that game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, they're, they're somewhat, you know, that's what I mean, like, 
what's where's the line? When do we yeah. this this team? They're up and coming. When do they I, cross over to not being indie? You know. Yeah, I think I can draw the line. To be honest. Yeah. Like so, I totally agree with what Dustin was saying, and like what Greg Miller was saying, like. It's not an aesthetic. I think that we can all agree on. It is not an aesthetic. That's a pixelated aesthetic. Yeah. It happens it generally happens to be like a side scroller or a top down, right? Like that that's a, that's the aesthetic. It has nothing to do with the, whether or not it's indie. The line for me is whether or not the company is owned by another company or a publishing company. So for instance, like my example, like Meat Boy, um I forgot the name of the, the company. Um the guys that did Meat Boy, they didn't they worked with a publishing company. They contracted them out, but they were not owned by that company. Dave the Diver is owned, or Mix, uh, Mint Rocket is owned by Nexon, right? So Let me throw did, a wrench into your argument Oh, here. great. Here we go. Here we go. Is Bungie an indie studio? Well, not anymore. Oh, yeah, not anymore. Right? They're owned by Microsoft now. Pre- pre-acquisition. Pre-acquisition. I well, I would also indie. say there's there's probably like a like a a budget limit as well because at what oh, point do you come triple A? Goalpost pushing them back. Right. Uh, no, <laughs> adding, adding, uh, adding goalposts. My no, my my original statement is still true though. But I think what I I mean obviously I can't just like one liner it. But um, good point. I think there's a point where, you know, once you become like AAA, which I think we could say Bungie is AAA quality, I think then you lo- you clearly fall out of the indie space. Now, whether or not that has some kind of like how much revenue you make or... or I, I think you, that's the best way to do it is revenue. Like if you mm-hmm. like people smarter than me who really can analyze the industry could put a number on it and be like once your studio crosses $15 million in revenue, you're no longer... Uh, yeah, indie, something like or that. Or yeah. hundred employees, or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like more yeah. than twenty-five employees, more than fifteen million dollars in revenue. Um, you know, something like that that mm-hmm. can. You know, I don't know if um, if this is a. I don't think it's a category, but what would be interesting too is like, and this could help with uh, not pushing out indies if you wanted to go this type route is best first game. Oh, I think that was a, a category. It's best uh, debut indie game. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. yeah, good job. You did it. It, it exists. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Best debut indie game, and we got Dredge, Cocoon, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. Dredge was a, a, a debut game. I've heard good things about that one. It's I actually usually, haven't played any of these games. You're like a boat um, cleaning up, like around a harbor or something i don't know yeah. i haven't played it but i've just heard heard about it so yeah it's nominated for both actually it's on best indie and best debut so oh, nice. maybe we should check the game out yeah <laughs> yeah maybe we should maybe we should do like a let's play or something on that um yeah i yeah it's a tough call but i i definitely don't think dave the diver falls within our criteria though yeah. I am surprised Cocoon's on here, though, because uh-huh. it's first game by Geometric Interactive, I'm assuming, but Annapurna is not new. Oh, Annapurna's a big-ass company. <laughs> like, Annapurna is still indie, I would say, but they have had, like, tons of hit games. Like, they, yeah. they crush it on the indie front. Um, yeah, well, that's their market, right? They they absorb, like, yeah. small <laughs> companies and just output, like, small games. Didn't they just, yeah. uh, didn't they just pick somebody new up? Um, 
I'm trying to look and see some of their games that I'm trying to remember who, but they did stray. They oh, did um... they just picked up somebody from South America, uh, South Africa, and I'm trying to remember. I mean, Strays, yeah, has been a big one for sure. That uh, has Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. Lawrence. Um, but Donut they're a publisher, Co- though. They're yeah. not the developer house. They're just the publisher. Donut County. Their first, their debut game was What Remains of Edith Finch, was also was Oh, I love that game. That game has one of the most horrifying moments in it in my entire life as a parent now. And, like, uh, the, so, like, the game is you're this pregnant girl going through this old family home of yours. And... That's crazy. Uh, in the, and everyone in your family is dead and has died. And your family's like, they say your family's, like, cursed. And so you go through and you relive everyone's death, basically. And one of them is a baby that drowns in, like, a bathtub. Oh, my gosh. And you play as the baby, and you're in the bathtub swimming. But because you're the baby, everything seems really fun and magical and, like, bright. And you're, like, swimming with sharks. And you're like, this is great. And then the screen just, like, slowly fades to black. And you're just like, I'm scarred for fucking life. That's not good. It was the, (laughs) like, it was, like, I, like, was done with it. And I had to sit back and, like, take a breath and was like, Oh my fucking god! Like the the cheeriness and the tone of it all yeah. surrounding this like awful moment that happens, and you're just like, that was an amazing moment in video games. But I'm like literally scarred. Like I literally had like, dreams about that that scene in that game. Yeah, that maybe not the kind of stuff I want to like experience as an <laughs> art role playing game. You know, I don't yeah. need to role play a dying infant. Like that's terrifying. <laughs> No, oh my gosh. Worked at the agency that did that. But yeah, man, Annapurna, they just have like hit after hit. That one, again, down the county, Sayonara Wild Hearts, I'm pretty sure it's what you the Wilds. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot of Outer Wilds, yeah, that was hit too. Um, yeah. Well, I think this is a good chance for us to dive into our main topic. But before we so dive too. in, we really appreciate those who follow and subscribe to us. We post new episodes every Tuesday now at 8 a.m. on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, Threads, and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. So go ahead and give us a follow for more information, and it really helps us out, and we appreciate it. So today, our main topic is what do we think is going to take Game of the Year? And right. we have the list here of nominees. Mm-hmm. Should I go down them, or should we go them do them one by one? What do you guys think? I think we should go down them all and talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I will. I okay. have it right here. So we're starting with Alan Wake 2, which is not surprising after Alex's review the other day. Mm-hmm. We got, of course, Boulder's Gate 3, which I think is probably going to be a lot of the conversation. Yep. Another game Alex, Alex has been on quite a bit is Marvel's Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. which... um was incredible uh man there's a lot of alex ones no on spoilers no every spoilers. game resident, is an alex game every, we got resident <laughs> evil 4 remake uh which it's just called resident evil 4 um we have super mario bros wonder which is actually a recent release uh that i've been trying to get for a little bit but um i'm surprised to see it on here we'll talk about that and then last but not least is the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom which if you don't know was the sequel to breath of the wild um so uh yeah what do you guys think uh let's just start let's let's keep this simple uh what is your vote mine i think should be pretty obvious alan wake 2 Alan wow. Wake 2. No, okay. Alan Wake 2. Do I think that's my game of the year? What do I think will win? I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to take it. Yeah. 
So I wish Alan Wake 2 is going to win, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 just has too much community hype around it. I think it had a larger player it's base. so freaking awesome, man. It, it is a very, very good game. The reason why I'm advocating for Alan Wake 2, though, and the reason that I wish that one would win is because the difference to me is so Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't do a lot of new things. It just does everything perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. And so, but it's it's the classic RPG style it's, you know, like everything, like uh, Pillars of Eternity, uh, Divinity of Sin, Old to Baldur's Gate. Like, it's all been sure. done before. They've just did it perfectly this time. Yeah. And totally worthy of every award it, it achieves. It, but Island Wake 2, in my opinion, does a yeah. lot of new things, and it does them perfectly. Okay, what's it do now? It does, well, it mixes the the real-time reality, like real video reality with uh, the gameplay. It the immersion is like no game I've ever played. The interesting where there's no objectives. Instead, you have these like case files in your mind place. And the yeah. way that that kind of blends in, I think, is kind of novel. Um, I, I think it just does a lot of things very uniquely that not a lot of other games do. It also has a lot of things that a lot of games have. Have you know, shooters. Sure. It has, you know, save point, you know, all that stuff. Like, but um, to me, they took a real risk. And that's where I think they deserve the game of the year because risks are high, you know, they have a high chance of failure. And people sure. could have come out and been like, wow, this is, I don't love this. Like, I don't love this style, but it worked. Um, so, so that's mm -hmm. my personal. Um, okay. I could talk about the other games too, but I feel like uh, we should do okay. round, we should go around first. Yeah. Dustin, what do you think? What's your vote? I am not going to go because I have not played any of these games. Oh, so, okay. Uh, Alex what will tell you, I not big on buying new video games unless he buys them for me. Uh, so, Happened like ladies that and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you heard it here. <laughs> I would say from what I've read online with people, I do think Baldur, it's, I think it's going to be between Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda. Like, those are going to be your top two. And I think that from what I've read, a lot of people are still leaning Zelda. Like, people say, I've played all of them. Zelda really? is wow. still the best. Um, I don't... Here's what I think. I think that Tears of the Kingdom might suffer the same fate as Ragnarok because that's the God of War follow-up. Is right, it right? a sequel? Yeah. Not because it's a sequel, but because the first one won Game of the Year. Yeah. You know, and so people might have trouble giving a Game of the, Word, Game of the Year again. Only because it's kind of like that scenario with Tom Hanks and Russell Crowe when Russell Crowe won Best Actor for Gladiator. And then you look at Tom Hanks, who was in Castaway that year, and Castaway robbed, was yeah. clearly like he should have won for Castaway, but he didn't because he'd already had a couple Oscars and Russell Crowe had never won an Oscar yet. Mm -hmm. So it swayed, I think, people to yeah. Russell Crowe. Uh, to kind of give them that first, like, oh yeah, you're like you you deserve it, and they already have some. So I think that Nintendo or the Zelda team might get, I wouldn't say robbed. I again, I haven't played any of them, so I can't give a true opinion of my own. But I think like that's going to be the reason that Zelda loses is because people are like, well, they already won Breath of the Wild, and it would be a kind of new win. I don't know if Larian Studios has won before, but. Probably not. Uh, Divinity 2 would have been what they won for, but I don't think that won. You know, yeah. so it's like... Although it's an amazing game. Yeah, I think Baldur's Gate 3 probably takes it, but I think it's for that reason. Hmm. Specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, so diving into my vote here a little bit, I when it comes to Zelda, like I just I don't know. I personally, Tears of the Kingdom just did not like interest me. Like, and all the gameplay I've seen of it, it's just like, hey, take all the mechanical like gravity and sticking stuff together and weird powers you get in the first game and just multiply it and create like a Lego game Zelda game. <laughs> Personally, I'm like, that is not why I play Zelda. Like, I, yeah. I don't care about the stupid launching myself across the screen with a gravity, you know, whatever. Uh, personally, it just did not appeal to me at all. So all this appeal and, like, love for that game, I, I it, it's hard for me to, like, understand it. Um, yeah. Given, But I, I haven't sunk hours into it myself, so I could just be, like, completely misinformed. So I would be a little... If, if, if it does get Game of the Year, I don't know. I might, like, be like... Am I missing something? Did I like miss out, or did I misunderstand? Alex, on Breath of the Wild. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. I'm so ready to rant. I've been holding like, this in, but I I'm like just Breath waiting to get Wild. an opportunity. But Alex hates Breath of the Wild. I, I, I also I, hate I, Tears of the Kingdom. It, but I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom. I beat Breath of the Wild. I I, I thought it was a very enjoyable Zelda game, but like, I don't know. It, it didn't it didn't push me to go play the second one. Okay, but moving on. Alan Wake 2, honestly, I, like I said in the last uh, couple episodes, I haven't played it, but I think I might buy it <laughs> today. <laughs> because I just need to experience it, especially since it's nominated for Best Music. Um, that's just something. The music alone is worth the entire game. It's yeah. so good. Um, so, uh, I'm really excited to see that there. If it wins, I'm definitely, like, I'll, I'll purchase Day Of, just because I'm super curious. Um... Spider-Man uh, 2, I have not played the second one yet, but I've watched some gameplay. I played the first one. Um, it just looks incredible. Like, they just took the Spider-Man formula and made it better, which is crazy because it's such a hard thing. It's like, mechanically speaking, it's such an incredible feat of video gaming to be able to make you Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah. and feel good when you're swinging through New York. Um, I was watching some, like, stunt videos of people online that just, like, you know, like, webbing onto boats and launching themselves, and it was just really, it's such an incredible feat of video gaming. Miles and uh, Peter working together is so freaking cool. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you can't be a fan of that, so um, I would be super happy to see that win. I think, as we were talking about that sequel syndrome, I think it probably will fall prey to that, in the sense that it's, you know, it deserves it 100%, but, like, it, it it's you know, building on something that was really great in the past instead of, like, being a new shiny thing. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. Like I said, completely deserves it, but, um, you know, might fall short. Uh, Resident Evil 4, uh, I think it's gonna, that's gonna run into kind of the same thing. Like, they do such an incredible job on these remasters. I mean, like, it's, it, it, it's just, like, mind-boggling when you launch it up after having played the old game and you're just mm -hmm. like holy shit like this is a fully rendered beautiful remake they mastered everything all the mm -hmm. buttons and all the things we complained about for 20 years are solved um and then you just get to enjoy the game and, and at its finest so i think that's amazing but once again it's a remaster it's yeah it has a little bit more of a hurdle uh, did this you have happened... something you wanted to say yeah so i want to clarify because just on the pr front like, this used to drive us crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, because there is a distinction between, between a remastering a, re a game and remaking a game. Yeah, Remaking a game is literally remaking that game from the ground up. This is a remake. Yeah, so... It's a remake. Okay. Um, 
I think that's why it's here. Oh. If it was a remaster, yeah. it was just like, let's take the old thing and like, kind of like readjust it or whatever. Right. The remaster is when it's it's still it's bare bones. Re- yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had the same problem with Resident Evil 2. I don't remember if that was last year or the year before. Yeah. But when that came out, people were like, well, does this qualify because right. it's a remake? You know, is this something that like you know it is a beautiful game they did change some things but they're building on top of already laid groundwork so does that does that i don't personally i don't think that should remove it from the the list but no. i do think it hurts yeah. it i do yeah. think it hurts it i i think people are going to look Makes at that and be worthy like nominee but probably won't win right exactly it's worth the nomination i but i don't think it's worth beating something else out um, yeah. Like, for instance, Marvel Spider-Man or, or Alan Wake 2, of course. And um, and so, like, if their goal was to just be like, hey, we are nominated, nailed it, you know, yeah. because I, I totally well, understand. I think that makes uh, an argument for, like, now we need a best remaster or best remake category, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean I, yeah, right? Like, because it's such I, a common thing. It, it, that's true. That's true. At what point, though, do you have so many specific categories that every game has its own niche <laughs> right. category that it's, you know, everyone's winning an award? I want indie game with three people at, you know, in yeah. case. How many people actually want that to happen? Like, in terms of, like, mm-hmm. remakes. I think people, like myself, I don't really like remake remasters. I would rather have that studio time going to, like, a new game that's hmm. undone. You know, I get the rematch thing. Personally, I, I I will say, like, I never got the chance for The Last of Us because I didn't have a PlayStation for years and years and years. And I'm like, do I want to go back and play now that I have a PlayStation 5? Or do I kind of just want to wait because I think that they are remaking The Last of Us for current gen. They already did. You know? Yeah. Actually, they just announced that The Last the of Us 2 one. is yeah. getting remastered, which I think is hilarious, considering that game just came out like two or three years ago or whatever, or maybe longer. I don't know my time. Yeah. No, I remember but, there was controversy around it when it was first, like, I think when The Last of Us 1 was announced for remastering, yeah. like, this game's not even, like, it's seven not years a, old or game, something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. 2020. Oh, oh my um, God. Big, big tangent. The Kotar remake oh. is ah, is dead. It, and it's I'm, dead. I'm I'm, I'm dead. I want to quit video gaming. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I saw that this morning, and I was like, no. They had I've, they had the voice actors. Had one, they had everything. I how why? do you fuck that? Up? Why? Well, I guess the, like, they they pitched it to Lucas Art. Lucas Art said, no, this sucks. Oh. I mean, it wasn't fine. good I'll go enough. Go back and beat Kotar again. Then that's fine. Yeah, it, I think it'll happen in our lifetime. It just means this iteration is not going to happen. Yeah, um, sad day. Okay, but jumping back to game of the year, uh, has any of us played Super Mario Bros. Wonder? Because I have not. Yeah, so no. that's, it's hard for us to make a determination on that. No. Um, in the end, I mean, I, I, I'm going to play Alan Wake too. I mean. I to me it just has to it has to go to Boulder's Gate three first I mean and maybe it's just the soft spot I have because I love the Boulder they deserve credit for doing it right and mm-hmm. they did such I mean Divinity two was one of my favorite games of all time that was a great and game. now that yeah. Boulder's Gate three came out it's like wow like you know I I think there's some like criticisms that are that go really unwarranted where it's like oh the UI blah 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 I'm like no the UI does exactly what it needs to do for the most part like once you get a little bit used to it like it, it it's a complicated game. It's I mean D and D is a complicated game, and it does everything you need it to do. Um, there's so many options. There's so many variations. Though, 
I don't know. I I want them to be award, rewarded for their success. I want CRPGs to become get a little yeah. bit of limelight. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you know it's it's gonna shine. Like it had the, the publicity and the press and the the momentum. I think. Um, yeah, I to, I to think win. I, I agree. I think I think honestly, I want Alan Wake to win, but I think the real contenders here are The Legend of Zelda and Baldur's Gate three, Super Mario Wonder. I just don't think it's the type of game to be beat out by something like the others, um, because it's like a classic Super Mario Bros. game. Uh, I hear it's really good, but it's you know yeah. side scroller. It's it's all those things. I just don't see it being beat out. And I also feel like the nomination was almost a little bit. I'm not I'm not Slipped accusing the there. Game Awards <laughs> of doing anything malicious. Let me but... educate. Let me educate because I actually have insider knowledge of how this works. Ooh, let's hear okay. Game Awards. So nominations were the 13th, right? I don't know the deadline this year, but they set a deadline of when your game has to be available or launched. Mm -hmm. They also set a deadline for when you have to provide code for the people to be able to play it for consideration. I don't know those dates this year of when they, um, because I didn't have any games that were submitted, but I would say that more than likely they had to get codes to voters like no later than like mid October, and then the game probably had to have been launched. Uh, when did when did that game come out? That uh, was really recent. Yeah, no, it was like within this month. So October twentieth. So yeah, definitely, um, definitely falls within the the time frame. I think it was probably right at the edge uh, for sure. Um, they mm-hmm. probably like didn't accept any game that was nominated or uh, launched in the after the end of October. But yeah, they probably had code to the voting team like early October. So yeah, it's weird because it's brand new, right? Yeah. But they get the codes ahead of time. They play it. All the voting people. Yeah, I, I wasn't even going to mention that. Like I, the like how tight it was. I was going to say more that they're trying to appease the Nintendo gods. You know, right. that they they <laughs> the want them to come back and, and show show everything because Nintendo's a big player. And you know, I mean, they already have Zelda in there, I guess. So I right. don't know. That point falls mute. I would say that's not really a thing. You know. Okay, so let me give more insider here <laughs> on the PR side of things. Um, I would be lying if I said that I don't think there are some outlets out there, especially very small outlets, that might give a game a little bit better score than they probably deserve because they want that access. Mm-hmm. But when I see people accusing like IGN and GameSpot and Game Informer and Polygon and these sites of giving the big guys better scores, like, it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, Like, that doesn't happen. Like, these sites are huge. They don't need the money from Nintendo. They don't need the access from Nintendo or whatever publication. And yeah. honestly, they're so big that it's very difficult to tell them you can't have code when they ask um, because you want their readership. Yeah. Yeah, know? they have a huge section of the market. You know, it's a benefit for Nintendo to have their games reviewed by IGN. You know, or more on, so than it is for IGN to have people clicking on their Nintendo review at yeah. launch. Like, if you they put out their review two weeks after because the Nintendo doesn't give them a code, people are still going to read that review oh. probably almost as much as they would have anyways. So, That's true. yeah, all and of Jeff the conspiracy Keely is kind theorists, of a 
mystery man in the industry. Nobody knows how he got where he is, but he's there and he's, he's the <laughs> face of gaming now. <laughs> uh, for all you conspiracy theorists out there, people like know IGN and those sites do not work directly with the developers to give them better scores because they're afraid of re- retribution or whatever it might be. They don't. It's straight up what they think. And you might not agree with it, but that's a review. It's yeah. a subjective. You know, so if you don't like the way that IGN does reviews or you don't like the person who's doing that review for that game, then, you know, like Alex, I think you follow certain reviewers, right? That you kind of like, like their style. You feel Mm -hmm. like you kind of have the same vibe on games. And so, you know, I recommend trying to do that, you know, see, like find a reviewer that has a lot of the same opinions you have and then look for them when they're reviewing games and get a good opinion about it. Yeah. Just because they don't, you don't agree with the score doesn't mean it's like, it's a paid paid off score yeah Yeah. i mean that's a whole nother tangent uh uh, the scores and and things like that because you know everything in the games industry is subjective so i mean our opinions here are subjective right to what the games that we like (laughs) that's you know that's why like i want alan wake to win but somebody else wants legend of zelda to win or resident evil to win right like that's why it's subjective and that's what makes this interesting right because if it was a clear winner there's we wouldn't be talking about it we'd be like hey this is the winner but uh I mean, I'm a firm believer that, like, there's kind of a time and place and mindset for all games. So, like, you know, like, for for example, Boulder's Boulders Gate 3 is a great example. It came out, like, a couple months ago or what, you know, like a month and a half ago or so. But, like, I just, like, wasn't in the headspace to play a game like that until, like, two weeks ago. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a big game. You got to... So, like, it really matters when you play the game, you know, like, kind of how you're feeling at the time. Like, so... You know, it, it it's, it's you know if you just played Tears of the Kingdom at a great time and you just had the time of your life, like awesome, mm-hmm. good for you. And but like, yeah, you know, we're all humans, we're all biased. So um, I'm I, very biased. I mean, so am I. You know, it also <laughs> depends how good you are at a game. Because I've done True. events, like preview events for games, and we've had people content that you're supposed to get through in an hour and they're sitting there in three hours and they just can't do it and they're just yeah. miserable and you just know right then that the preview they're going to give of this game is going to be awful because yeah. they had a terrible playing experience with it so if you don't enjoy playing the game because you don't like that style of game and this also goes to like review editors you know like making yeah. sure that they're putting the right kind of people on the right kind of games so that kind of stuff doesn't happen but yeah if you hated playing this yeah. game because you couldn't do it if it was too hard yeah. You're probably well, going to review mean, like, like shit. Super yeah, like, Mario Bros. Wonder is kind of an example of that for me. I'm not huge on platformers generally. So, like, I don't know if I'm the right person to review that game. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I would bring up, like, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild for me. So, like, to me, like, that, those games both got, I think, 10 out of 10s. Like, mostly they were they're raved about how good they are. And I can't stand them. I own both. I, I was gifted Tears of the Kingdom for my birthday, I think, this year. And, um, because I, I'm not going to buy it. And um, because I didn't like Breath of the Wild, in my opinion, it felt like it was like a mile wide and like an inch deep kind of a game where it was like there's so much to do, but none of it had any depth. And to me, like it didn't feel like a Zelda game, like you were kind of saying. Like it, the point of Zelda for me is to go on a fun adventure, swing my sword around, and do dungeons, not build these fucking contraptions that I can break the game with. Like that feels like a totally separate game to me. 
And so people who really like that style love that game because they're like those sandbox, kind of, right? It's yeah, like the that sandbox, sandbox, like the Minecraftiness yeah. of it, right? The Minecraft right. where you can like build your own fun. And yes. you're like, hey, I'm trying to build all these crazy mechanics and break everything, and I'm trying to, you know, do all this stuff. And then the I like that's like a very small portion of it. The There's a lot of puzzles too in, in well, those it's games. The o- yeah. It's the only thing I can think of because it's not a great action game. It the the combat in that game is is good. I wouldn't say it's great though. And the the dungeons are very short, so the puzzles are complicated, but the they're not like to me they're they're different because you have to like break them it's exploration and puzzles that's where the that game really came from so like for me breath of the wild was fun because i did enjoy running around and exploring and i liked the mechanics that they introduced like the climbing and the cold like to me it was almost like a survival like rpg you know i I liked that i thought that was fun and i didn't mind the puzzles i like puzzles like i was cool going around and doing hundreds of those um you know the, the, the temple puzzle things they had yeah so yeah. like all of that was fine to me i thought that was enjoyable but like yeah it's it's kind of like once the more sandboxy stuff just wasn't interesting for me personally yeah. i don't know there was a lot of one of the thing i honestly the thing i could get over almost like everything the durability oh uh, well so. that i couldn't yeah. get over that but the because i mean it's like I'm going to try not to tangent too hard on this because I, I know we're already going off a little bit here. But uh, the things that made it the most difficult for me is there was the time in between things was too long. Hmm. And uh, like between getting to something that I cared about to something else that I cared about was really long. And part of the thing was the durability, for instance. So like if I you know wanted to go do something, but my weapon was shit, I had to go sideline to go get a new weapon rebuild it do whatever which all it did was take time away and it it didn't add any value in my opinion i i would have much preferred them to have cooldowns on weapons or something where it was like hey your weapon broke wait a two days in game to recover it or something like that like would have the, made... well that's how the master sword was in that game yeah but that's why yeah. it was the first thing i did in the in breath of the wild wow. was i was hunted down all the stupid things to get the master sword because i didn't want to deal with the stupid break into the weapons but i'm gonna stop there because i could go on this tangent forever but (laughs) a whole other discussion i know i think i realistically i I agree with everything that everyone said so marvel spider-man 2 amazing game but like you said it's the third iteration it's just an iteration on the previous stuff and it is an absolutely amazing stellar game but i don't think it's gonna blow anybody's pants off because it's just more of what was going on resident Mm -hmm. evil is a remake uh, Super Mario Bros, just that style of game isn't likely to win, in my opinion. Alan Wake 2 probably isn't going to win because it's a horror game. Um, not that, that those haven't won in the past, but I just kind of feel like it's going to deter some people. So Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate are probably the, the runner-ups, which makes me think Baldur's Gate's a shoe in yeah. By the way, I just want to say that for... Uh... For wow, Alan Wake is, is everywhere here. Uh, best narrative, I want to see Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, anything Cyberpunk. I, I yeah. it deserves the award. Yeah. Um, and best music, I, I man, gotta play gonna, Alan Wake. Alan I'm Wake's gonna, gonna play take Alan it. Wake and then I'll get back to you. Guys Alan, Alan Wake's gonna take it. Well, I think I'm gonna stop us there because we're over time and I think we had some really good discussions and we'll pick it up next week. You guys, have anything before we before we sign off? Nope. Have a if you're a, a USA listener, have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll get back to you uh, with a new episode real soon. 
Cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, threads, and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. Thank you very much.